Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 143 of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean. I'm here in London, Ontario, Canada, and we want to welcome our friends over in the UK who are listening via the Johnners Podcasting Network. We are also part of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network here in Ontario, and we welcome everybody who's watching live right now on Twitch, YouTube, or on Facebook. Of course, you can always listen to us later on on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any of the other outlets that were available for podcasting listening. So please like and subscribe and share this so we can build up bigger. And as I said, we're not only in Canada, we're over in the UK and, of course, globally. But with the help of the Johnners Podcasting Network, we're able to reach out to people uh, through that. So thank you and welcome. Please leave your feedback and... We welcome everybody. Speaking of welcoming people in Toronto, my co-host, Stephen O'Neill. How are you, Stephen? Uh, good. How are you? Uh, not bad. Yeah, I spent the uh, day at work and uh, kind of peaceful, so can't go wrong with that. Uh, I didn't find uh, a whole lot of uh, news, uh, per se, this week. Um there's some talking points, but uh, there's a lot of uh, different events that happened uh, this week. So, um, yeah, you we'll, can say that. We'll look at the uh, results of some of the events and uh, discuss upcoming things like AEW's uh, Revolution. Uh, we'll do a uh, bigger uh, look at that next uh, episode because they're only a few days from the actual pay per view on the Sunday. But, uh, Unfortunately, we do need to start off with uh, some bad news. And uh, let me bring up the picture. If you're a fan of uh, NWA, uh, you have noticed uh, Josephus and or Joseph. Josephson. I can't pronounce the fucking name. Yeah, and he was also the question mark. Uh, so uh, unfortunately. Joseph Hudson, Josephus, uh, passed away unexpectedly. There is a uh, uh, quote and posting from Billy Corrigan uh, that I'm going to read. Uh, but NWA President Billy Corrigan shared the news on his Instagram page of Joseph Hudson passing away. Hudson was a figure on the NWA Power Program as question mark character. He was paired with former NWA National uh, Champion, Aaron Stevens on the program. So Billy Corgan wrote the following about Hudson. It is with a heavy heart uh, that I share that my friend and brother in wrestling, Joseph Hudson, has passed away suddenly as uh, from an as-of-yet diagnosed medical issue. NWA fans would know him as Josephus uh, as well as the question mark, where thanks to the great fans at the GPB studios in Atlanta, Joseph was able to receive the kind support in the ring he'd always uh, dreamt of. He is survived by a young son whom he loved dearly. And if anything would pain him about leaving this earth, it would be not being able to be with, uh, therefore, his boy. Rest in peace, Joseph. Love to you and Godspeed. His tag team partner, Aaron uh, Stevens, which people would know as Damien Sandow, uh, just posted... My heart is broken. Rest in peace, Sensei, question mark. Thank you for all you have done uh, for the fans and for me. This does not seem real. 
So uh, just uh, thoughts and condolences out to uh, his friends, family, and uh, those who worked with him. I yeah, I did see him on the couple episodes that uh, NWA Power did uh, do on uh, YouTube. Were you familiar with uh, his work? Yeah, because I was watching NWA Power. Um, his biggest success in NWA was the question mark. Um, not a bad talent. Uh, seemed like a great guy from everything I've read about his passing. So it'd be interesting to see what the medical condition turns out to be. Um, but another guy lost too soon. Yeah. He came off as a very old school NWA uh, to that extent. It was like he should have been in the 70s and 80s version of NWA instead of the 2020 version. But, you know, very throwback old school uh, doing the question mark gig, uh, the karate uh, sensei stuff with uh, Aaron Stevens. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately, rest in peace to uh, Joseph Hudson. Uh, looking at some uh, results from this past weekend, Bloodsport 5 uh, happened, which is uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 5. Uh, Calder McCool defeated uh, Bad Dude Tito by TKO. Kelvin uh, Tankman beat uh, Nolan Edwards by TKO. Cal Jackman defeated uh, Super Beast by submission. Rocky Romero beat uh, Simon Grimm by submission as well. Uh, Chris Dickinson beat uh, J.R. Katus uh, by uh, submission. Jeff Cobb beat Tom Lawler by uh, submission. In And then in the main event, it was a battle of undefeated. And John Moxley ended up beating David Boy Smith Jr. by TKO. Um, they've been trying to get uh, Moxley against Josh Barnett for the longest time. And that's actually going to finally happen, apparently, at Bloodsport 6, April 8th, uh, when Josh Barnett and Moxley go against each other. So it's been quite a, quite a busy time for uh, Moxley doing Bloodsport this past weekend. Uh, he's getting ready for uh, Kenta at uh, uh, New Japan Strong. And then well, that was taped, though, way back in December. The Kenta match? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that it already happened. I uh, thought it was going to be more upcoming and uh, live. So, news to me. Um, no, but, when, they, when uh, New Japan Strong here in the U.S. did their tapings in uh, December, they've taped right through until the, I think, middle, middle of March. And then they have another taping coming up next week to tape another big chunk. Can you so, tell what I follow? Yeah. So he's taking care of that then, uh, but he is also getting ready for uh, March 10th, is it? No. 7th with uh, his match against Omega at Revolution, the barbed wire exploding death match on March 7th. So, busy time for uh, a guy like Moxley. And then, of course, as I just mentioned, April 8th, uh, Bloodsport 6. So, 
up at uh, gig if you can do it, I guess. Elimination Chamber was this past Sunday, and surprisingly, there was very few matches on the card, and it only lasted two and a half hours, not counting the kickoff uh, show. But on the kickoff show, they did insert a um, third contender for the U.S. title, and they had John Morrison beating Ricochet, Mustafa Ali, and Elias in a four-way match to qualify for the match later on in the evening. And that set him up to uh, be in the match with Riddle and Bobby Lashley. The main card started with the SmackDown uh, Chamber, and Dana Bryan and Cesaro started the uh, match off, and Corbin was eliminated first, then Sami Zayn. Uh, Kevin Owens got his arm uh, crushed in the uh, door. That slides now, and Jay Uso ended up taking out two guys, being uh, Owens and Cesaro, before Jay Uso got taken out by Dana Bryan. And exhausted Dana Bryan was no match for uh, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, losing in 90 seconds, even though he caught Roman uh, Spear and put him in the uh, yes lock. But 90 seconds later, he was uh, dead, and Roman uh, retained. But he ended up getting speared by uh, Edge, which definitely set up the fact that Edge is going to go against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. He's not waiting to uh, call it uh, beyond that match. But kind of uh, was telegraphed anyways with what happened on SmackDown as well when Roman took out Edge. So uh, the next match was uh, Matt Riddle defeating uh, John Morrison to take the U.S. title from Lashley. Uh, Riddle did some unexpected heel moves, I guess, with using the crutch to uh, take out Lashley and then pin Morrison, who was in the uh, hurt lock, and we got a new U.S. champion. People were uh, commenting that he was honoring Evil Knievel with what he was wearing, and yes, I get that, but I jokingly put up on uh, different social medias that I thought it was more like Super Dave Osborne, so... Your thoughts on those uh, matches before we uh, move on? The first Elimination Chamber match was my favorite of the night. I necessarily didn't like Roman Reigns beating Daniel Bryan in like 10 seconds, it felt like. But it felt like there was a story there in that Elimination Chamber. Um, I, I liked Riddle winning the U.S. title. Um, I think Lashley's a... It's going to sound really bad, but above it. I mean, I think he should be in the world title pitcher. Um, but I like Riddle. Um, I think him having a little bit of a heel turn might be a good thing, but I enjoyed the first two matches. But kind of goes downhill from here. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I only wonder what would have happened if Keith Lee had still been available to be in that match if he'd taken the title and Riddle would have been the one uh, taking the pinfall. But Riddle now has the belt either way. And as you said, with Lashley, having the title and being dominant built him up, I think. But, yeah, he definitely needed to get rid of that. And they kept him uh, also strong by not losing. And with what happens later on in the evening, 
that's setting him into the uh, world title uh, realm, if not even getting the belt for a brief time. But right after that, Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler ended up defeating Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Sasha took the uh, loss. Your thoughts on the tag team match? Uh, why do they do stupid shit? That's my thought. Yeah, well, I thought they were going to do more towards building up Sasha and Bianca uh, than what they did. And it's interesting to the extent where we saw a couple of episodes ago on Raw, Naomi and Lana got number one contendership, but we've now seen Sasha and uh, Bianca. We just saw... Uh, Charlotte and Oscar on Monday. We're going to see uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez on uh, next Wednesday on NXT. And you got number one contenders that are not there. I would like to see Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai win them. But I also would love to or see the Riot Squad, an actual tag team who can go to different... I just don't. I think Shannon Baszler should be in the world title, female world title pitcher. And I mean, I feel like Nia just, they need to either do more to protect her and not make her look so bad. Cause I, I don't enjoy her. At one point, I thought she was improving a lot. And then it just seems like yeah. since the pandemic, it's just been like, oh, I don't care if I, hurt someone so she's pretty much calling uh, it in yeah and yeah so I think also it would be nice to get uh, the titles off them and with what happened also on Monday with Shayna uh, kicking Oscar uh, in the face and uh, breaking a tooth at least that would be nice to at least play off that and put Shayna uh, in the uh, Raw Women's title hunt against Oscar. Uh, but at the same time, what is going to happen with Charlotte? They're going to have to get the belt on her, and we got Rhea Ripley coming to Raw soon as well. Uh, then there was the uh, main event, which was uh, Drew McIntyre retaining the WWE Championship uh, in the Elimination Chamber, and it was kind of a slow-burning match, but uh, they also released a lot quicker in that match than what they did with SmackDown when uh, there was different intervals in SmackDown when, just to tell the story that they did, but not so much in the Raw one. Uh, earlier in the night, you saw Miz talking to MVP, which uh, was the reason why Lashley ends up attacking uh, Drew after the match. And Miz came in and cashed in Money in Bank and is the new uh, WWE champion. So your thoughts on that one? Sorry, this was which one? The Raw. Miz Miz. Oh. I, I mean, I think we, I didn't like this Elimination Chamber match as much. I, you could see where it was going. Um I think we talked about it last week, and I think we both called The Miz winning. Or Drew not walking out with the title, set up his WrestleMania moment. I think Lashley wins it on Monday Night Raw coming up, and I think Lashley takes it into the WrestleMania 
as champion and Drew McIntyre gets his WrestleMania moment, which yeah, I think is I think, good. I I think regardless of uh, Drew's interaction in that match, I can see uh, possibly Bad Bunny costing uh, Miz that title. I know, not the best uh, booking, but that sets up their match and gets that off them. And McIntyre really doesn't have a huge grudge to go against uh, Miz anyway, so he could get revenge on him on a Raw for screwing him over, but Miz just capitalized on the money in the bank issue. If it wasn't for Lashley, it wouldn't have been in that position, so that's why he'll go after Lashley for the title and get his WrestleMania moment on in April. So that's where yeah, I, see that. I mean, I, I think Lashley defending the world title against Drew at WrestleMania is probably the best option. Yeah, I think it's the most reasonable. I feel like it's the best matches, probably. Yeah, for sure. Um, not much happened on Raw, even though it was three hours and I had nine matches, but some of the matches just were there for the sake of being there. Charlotte uh, was more herself yelling at her dad to just go away. You had uh, the start of the show, Lashley wanting to uh, get his title shot and even put Miz on the clock to give him his title shot or else. But, of course, Braun Strowman gets in there and they uh, decide whether or not Braun's going to be in a three-way match uh, next week, and that didn't happen because Lashley did defeat Braun. But they stretched it out at least another week before Lashley ends up getting the title. And, yeah, uh, Retribution lost to New Day. They look like they're finally ready to have Ali get rid of them. And maybe those guys will end up able to be themselves uh, and get rid of those masks and stupid names that they have. Uh, Any thoughts on Monday Night Raw? I didn't watch it. Uh, it's pretty common for me not to necessarily watch Raw and SmackDown because it's tough to watch. So I haven't gone back to watch what I want to watch yet because usually there's highlights, snippets. Yeah, that'll end up wanting to watch. But I mean, it it's so tough to watch Raw and SmackDown. Understandable. Uh, last night on uh, NXT. You had uh, Dakota, I mean, uh, what's her name? Casey Canzaro uh, against Zia Lee. It looks like she might have broken her leg. I don't know if that's kayfabe or not. You got uh, Cameron Grimes trying to do the million dollar man Ted DiBiase thing. Uh, Dexter Loomis and uh, Johnny Gargano uh, were pretty decent until uh, they stopped wanting to chair and try and make Loomis. Like he has something on uh, the other indie part role, and uh, oh, what's his name? Austin Theory. I actually, I actually love the fact that Austin Theory has Stockholm syndrome. It seems like. I well, mean, he gets to watch cartoons and eat Fruit Loops. And I love the fact in the internet interview segment later on when. Gargano is like, I don't understand what's going on. And he asked Indy Hartwell to agree with him. And she's like, I think he's hot. And then it was just, it was. Both Gargano's going, what the? Yeah, which is great. Um, 
I watched the basically NXT the whole night, flipping back and forth, but it, really it was only for the first about hour until I fell asleep on my couch. And that's the upside to uh, us here in Canada because this was the first week that NXT was available live uh, on Sportsnet 360 going head-to-head with AEW. So the Wednesday Night Wars, whether you believe in them or not, are actually now across the border, and you can decide which one you're going to watch, flip back and forth. Who knows? I I couldn't believe... Watching NXT live, because obviously we usually watch it on a tape delay, and I usually have to watch it either Thursday during the day or on the weekend. The product, watching it on like a a tape, you never know if the production value, if they've edited it, but the production value makes AEW look so bad. Yeah, well, they're in an amphitheater and. It's like community theater where uh, we'll talk in just a moment uh, the fact that it's almost has-beens and never have been and no much in between. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah. So just quickly running down AEW from, uh, well, finishing up NXT. It ended with a confrontation with Adam Cole. He was crying and O'Reilly's out for a bit. Roderick Strong came out wondering why. And they uh, got interrupted by Finn Balor, a brawl. Uh, Roderick ended up taking out Cole, but then apologized. They hugged it out, and there was crying. And next thing you know, Cole turned on Roderick by uh, giving a low blow and standing tall as uh, ultimate heel and definitely have destroyed the Undisputed Era in Cole's pursuit of getting the title back because he couldn't wrap his mind around the fact that O'Reilly was getting all these title shots and failing. So that's his excuse for what he's doing and wants his belt back. Uh, they had what I would say the best thing going um, in the Undisputed Era. And they just decided to end it. And I don't even mean end it in a way that I'd be inter- like super interested long term. They just kind of ended it. And now there's I assume Finn Balor is going to take over the Undisputed Era. Yeah, who knows? I mean, we haven't seen Fish in a while because he's been hurt. So if he if the four to six weeks that O'Reilly's out, if him and Fish are coming back together. I would be okay with that, but I don't trust them that they're not going to butcher this. So, I and they definitely drew a line between where uh, Roderick stood instead of being caught in between, which could have been a little bit extended uh, conflict before he made his decision of who he supported instead of uh, Cole taking him out the way he did. Yeah, was not what I would call how I would have done it. But So then on the other channel, in our case TSN, or in the States being uh, TNT, AEW had uh, Moxley beat uh, Ryan Nemeth in no time flat, less than two minutes. He cut a promo about his match against Omega for next week, 
or on the the young bucks arrived with uh, their parents and they saw the truck with their faces on it and that uh, just hinted at what was to come uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage beat the Varsity Blondes there was a video of Darby Allen and Sting and Sting came out with uh, Hook has uh, a son in the body bag instead of Darby Allen uh, they unzipped it and revealed a hook. Uh, Taz freaked out as Darby Allen came ziplining through uh, Daly's place and had his skateboard in hand and started beating people up with that. And, of course, the faces are standing tall. It looks like Sting is able to actually take some shots. He survived the uh, powerbomb from Brian Cage last week, which was actually the night before because uh, this was a pre-tape show. And... Uh, then there was a video with Miro and Kip. Just garbage. Uh, Hager beat uh, Cutler uh, with no problem. MJF and uh, Jericho beat up Papa Buck as uh, the Bucks were calling them out. They were appeared on the screen and Papa Buck's all cut open and thrown into the uh, side of the truck where their faces were and stuff like that. So they just added some more heat to their match coming up at Revolution. There was a video of Shaq and Jade training and uh, Velvet and uh, Velvet and Cody. They really haven't done much promotion with Cody on this one, but who cares? It's just a small match that's going to happen next week on Dynamite. Probably just get eyes of uh, fans of Shaq's. Uh, Hangman Page beat Isaiah Cassidy. Dark Order were uh, siding with Page to uh, hold off Hardy and everything. Hardy ended up coming out threatening to beat up every member of Dark Order because of Hangman Page screwing him over. Omega had a video um, making a chamber for Moxley and hyping him to the pay-per-view. Bleacher Report show is going to happen this weekend with Rio taking on uh, Thunder Rosa as part of the Eliminator. Uh, brackets. Nyla Rose beat Brett Baker to advance in the Eliminator. And Jurassic Express FTR had a promo for their match coming up. And the main event saw Lance Archer beat Phoenix to uh, get into the ladder match at Revolution. Your thoughts? Um, You're going back and forth, so I... I find it very... Funny, the Jericho MJF beating up Papa Buck, fucking then blood and uh, Phoenix. It's amazing what he does, but I don't find his matches as entertaining sometimes. Um, what else? It was, was a really there? good match, but at the same time. They made sure that neither of them were going to make it into the ladder match. So you knew somebody had to win, and it's going to be Archer. Somewhat probably in the role of Kane uh, would be in a Money in the Bank. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, Sting dragging out Hook was different. That isn't who I necessarily expected in the, the, the uh, body bag. I actually expected it to be Darby Allen, And then Darby had his Shawn Michaels moment. Yep. Um, the Varsity Blondes, I think, 
are way better of a tag team. And I think if Pillman can ever get out of his MLW contract, I think the varsity blondes, blondes have something there. Um, did you see the they're having a casino tag team battle royal at their pre-show of Revolution? Yeah, it was going to be uh, run down that card, and that match. Uh, yeah, it's a casino battle royal uh, for the ADW tag team uh, championship match. They can uh, get a future uh, one, and it has Bear Country, a fan favorites of ours. Well, they've been on Dark a lot, winning. Pardon? They've been on Dark a lot. Winning matches. Yeah, I think they've appeared once on Dynamite uh, pr uh, proper, but yeah, a lot of uh, episodes of Dark. Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Inner Circle members, uh, Santana Ortiz, Butcher and Blade, and Private Party, along with Top Flight and a team yet to be named, will be involved with that. And then Miro and Kip Saban are going to take on best friends, Orange Cassidy and Chuck uh, Taylor. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, fucking. Bathroom break. <sighs> Did you see Young the stupid Buck segment? Sorry. The stupid fucking segment with Miro, Kip Sabian, where they fucking passed them the note that you'd pass someone in elementary school. Will you have this match? Yes, no, or. Yeah. Could you could they have made these people look any more stupid? Well, probably, but we'll have to see. Uh other matches on the card include the Young Bucks defending the tag team titles against uh Jericho and MJF of the Inner Circle. Team Taz, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks uh, taking on Darby Allen and Sting in a street fight. So I think it's still probably going to be a uh, cinematic match even though Sting has taken a few bumps uh, the last two episodes. Takura Shida is going to take on the winner of the Eliminator uh, Tournament for the AEW Women's title. Adam Page against Matt Hardy for a big money match where the winner gets the other person's first quarter earnings. Cody Rhodes, uh, Scorpio Sky, Penta L Zero, Lance Archer, uh, Preston Vance, uh, aka Ten, Max, uh, Max Caster, and one other person yet to be determined, which I've heard potentially could be somebody like Ethan Page, if the rumors are true, are going to be you know, in the uh, Ten takes on someone next week to get into the. Um... Oh. Yeah, sorry. Yes, it says Preston Vance or Max Caster. And yeah. that'll be the Revolution ladder match for future. Uh, TNT championship match. So they're setting up a lot of potential matches uh, for the future. Uh, and of course, the main event will be the exploding barbed wire death match uh, for the AEW world title, Kenny Omega defending against John Moxley. So that's coming up. We'll talk about that probably more, as I said, next week when they've had their go home show uh, the next, uh, the night before. But that's a lot of the results that have happened lately. I've got, I've got the numbers for last. I've got the numbers for last night. Yeah, go for it. Dynamite drew eight thirty one, up eleven percent from last week. Uh, NXT drew uh, seven thirty four, up three percent. It doesn't say um, Canadian numbers because they come out way different. Uh, 
Well, next week's going to be bad. Do you want me to run down the new recruiting class in NXT, or do you want to do other news first? No, you can do that. So 18, I believe, uh, people were introduced for the next class of NXT at the Performance Center. So Bronson Reichsteiner, uh, Rick Steiner's son, is um, the first one here. Kira, oh, I'm going to butcher, Magni Forster, a.k.a. Taya Valkyrie. Sean Ricker, also known as um, Eli Drake, now known as L.A. Knight. Uh, Angela Arnold, um, she was wrestling for Booker T's Reality of Wrestling, as well as Shimmer. Uh, she competed as AQA. Um, probably the biggest wild card in um, this whole class is Parker uh, Boudreaux. He's six foot four, 300 pounds. And Paul Hammond, I believe, called him the next big thing. He's probably the most raw that could be something, I think, out of all these, because I think Rick Steiner's son maybe has the wrestling in him. Uh, Anthony Henry, uh, standout from Evolve. Um, don't remember what his name was. It could have been Anthony Henry, but he's he's part of it. Uh, Chance Barrow, better known as Harlem Bravo, off the independent scene. He's wrestled um, in Japan for Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, Teresa Serrano, um, now competing as Joey or Zoe Starks. Um, her name was Lacey Ryan prior to. Uh, Christian Bigham, better known as Christian Casanova. Uh, Priscilla Kelly, um, now, now goes by Gigi Dolan. Um, Drew Caspin, also a uh, brother of Jacob Caspin, who joined the Performance Center in October of 2020. Brianna Coda, um, now known as Cora Jade. Um, Christian Hubel, uh, Blake Christensen, who actually was just on uh, Impact's pay-per-view. He's been in uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. I was actually really uh, impressed with him in Impact, so be interesting to see where he goes. Uh, Matrick Belton, um, he's been training in Combat Zone Wrestling Academy. Cameron Clay, um, has been in the um, known as Cameron Bainan on the independent scene. Joe Ariel um, looks like uh, collegiate wrestler Taylor Grado uh, competed as Avery Taylor on Evolve and Shine, and Chris uh, Krista Rivera um, made her. Self known on the impen scene for new and women's uh, women's wrestling revolution. That's only eighteen, and I believe the rumor was there was thirty. Yeah, it's a huge class. So I'm assuming that they're splitting this into two, and in a couple of weeks we'll hear more names. I, like I, I really expect to see Daniel Garcia in this. 
Yeah, I was sad that I didn't see his name uh, there when they were running down the list. I'm like, where's Danny? But but the only thing I can think of is there was 30. You, I don't think you could bring in 30 recruits at the same time. That's a lot. Well, because they were saying that there was thir- uh, 12 or 15 women wrestlers, and I only counted eight, I believe, in this. So... I would guess that there's probably another four or five in the next class, which I'm guessing is announced in and around WrestleMania or a little before. Um, It wouldn't surprise uh, me if a lot of these uh, people that were announced, minus uh, obviously Sean Ricker, um, uh, Tyler Valkyrie, and of course the ones that have already made their uh, appearance on NXT, won't uh, make their start in NXT evolve uh, if that's actually going to be a thing. I mean, you look at um, what's his name that just left uh, Impact. I'm drawing a blank on his name. He was just on the pay per view. Christian. Yeah, I mean, I could see him. Like, I could see some of Blake these guys. Christian? Yeah, Blake Christian. I can see some of these guys going right to the main roster, especially getting them ready for after, or not the main roster, but the N- main NXT roster, especially if there's going to be a fairly, I'm guessing, large shakeup in the NXT with a lot of men and women going up. Like, I don't see Tyra Valkyrie or LA Knight in NXT long. No. I can see Tyra there until... <sighs> the 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 draft and then her Morrison will end up on the same brand. So I mean, hopefully there's another class because I, I did hear Dave Meltzer said that there was like 30 people signed. So if Taya Valkyrie is in NXT beyond say SummerSlam, I'll be surprised. Yeah, I mean I the only way I could see her being in past SummerSlam is if they put the belt on her and let her have a run. Yeah, I mean, I'd be okay with that because I think she could have matches with every woman on that roster. But I'm with you. I think I I honestly don't think she makes it past the draft just because I can see her being in there just to get used to what is it probably eight weeks and when is wrestlemania april, april no. 10th. yeah so what is it nine weeks basically give or take approximately that yeah so that's nine weeks of letting her get some time in a wwe ring which from what i've listened to jim Cornette, it's they use real cables i think there's a few real little yeah, they use some minor differences than most other rings. So, I i mean, that's just my opinion. I don't think she needs to be on NXT. Some companies use uh, 18 by 18 uh, rings, and WD uses 20 by 20s with real ropes. So, yeah, there's a difference in just the way they crash and stuff like that. So, it's nice to, if they can at least figure out a WD ring down in NXT and then come up. Well, and there's no... Um, house shows to go on 
normally I would, I would have guessed that she would have been put right on the roster and start, let her go on a, a like house show loop, like sure. before she really gets up, but there isn't. So putting her in NXT for nine weeks to let her get her feet under her for the bigger ring, the real ropes, I mean, makes the most sense. True. So let's look at some of the uh, notes uh, for the week. Uh, like I said, there wasn't uh, too much. Uh, Rhea Ripley is confirmed uh, finally to go to the Raw roster. Mick Foley tweeted uh, that he's happy to see her uh, get there, but hopes the WWE doesn't uh, get, saddle her with 50-50 booking and actually makes her into a monster uh, contender and everything. I agree. I think... Yeah. Uh, I know you listen to Jim Cornette too. I think she is what he calls the female rock. You put, I think she's going to be a mega superstar if WWE just puts the rocket on her back and lets her go because she can go in the ring. She's got great size. She looks the part. She looks good. She can talk. I don't know. There's to me nothing that I wouldn't pay to go see on her. Like she makes me believe, and that would make me spend the money. Well, her match with uh, Charlotte Flair last year was one of the uh, best matches of uh, WrestleMania. And I would love to actually see her get the rematch at WrestleMania and get the win. And so they are almost 50 50 booking them. And for those two, but at least she gets a win. But if Charlotte Flair is tied up with something else, what I would suggest maybe having Rhea Ripley win the women's battle royal, destroy yeah, everybody, come out with that, and then that's be her full introduction to the uh, the main roster. Even though she had uh, the Royal Rumble, but she picks up the victory in that and starts going off from there. So that would be where I would. Put her if she can't do a Charlotte match. I I see what you're saying, but I actually think the women's Royal Rumble or Rumble match or whatever they're calling it, mate. I forget what they called their women's battle royal at WrestleMania. They didn't name it after anybody after the whole uh, May uh, the Moolah incident. <laughs> I actually would much rather see if you're not gonna put the title on her. Or she's not going to be in a big prominent match with a Charlotte Flair. She's not on the card. I don't want to see her at, unless she's going to go out and throw out every woman in the match. Like that stupid dominant. I I would much rather see her not be potentially in a mat like a the no the Rumble match, and it make her look less than dominant. That's my fear with her being in that. I also see your point. Have her come in and just start tossing bodies, but those matches can either can be one of two things. They can be great or they can be a disaster. True. So, I mean, I could see her and Charlotte and Oscar in a triple threat, which I'd be okay with for the women's Raw wouldn't champ and have her walk out with it if she pinned Charlotte and that puts you have a year's worth of stuff with her with the three of them there 
Yeah, anything is possible. So, well, the hope that uh, Mick Foley's plea to WD uh, is heard and uh, she gets uh, treated really well. Sasha Banks was on Broken Skull Sessions. Uh, if you're, you got the network and especially the on-demand part, you could actually see it before the Elimination pay-per-view instead of having to wait for that to happen. I saw it in the afternoon instead of uh, having to wait till after that was done. But she uh, was on the show. She talked about uh, getting uh, lost in herself and feeling sort of burned out and depressed. And all she saw was the purple hair. She didn't know who Mercedes was anymore. She didn't see the brown hair uh, that is her natural color. And so she just started losing her mind, I guess. And she got to the point where she ended up asking Vince to be released. And he point blankly said, no, not happening. We'll give you 30 days to figure yourself out and go from there. She actually took like five months, but then came back with the blue hair, was in a better place, and we've seen a fantastic version of Sasha Banks since she's actually been able to hold the SmackDown Women's title and defend because all the other belts that she won, she dropped the next night. So she's actually getting a good run. Um she ended up uh, being positioned a whole lot better. She uh, is happy to be a pioneer for uh, the first ever women's matches of certain things, like especially the uh, Hell in a Cell. But she's done like four of them, and she's like, no more. I don't want to do any more. She has like a hip injury that's nagging because of her one with uh, Becky. But she's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with those. You know she's going to be in more of them, but you know, it's, at least they put her in a great position for that. And then Steve uh, talked about her uh, matches with Bailey in NXT and getting the flowers after that and everything that meant there and being four horsemen. Did you happen to catch it? I have not watched it yet. This it's been a week, um, and. The, you know, get making sure T4s and stuff get out for people. That's on my to watch this weekend. Um, it's definitely a good watch. I've seen, I saw the clip of her saying when she asked Vince for her release and Vince was like, no. And I actually think as much as Vince is sometimes crazy, I think he knew she was burnt out and she would regret that decision. So her, him saying take 30 days and he didn't push her to come back at 30 days. I think he, as crazy as he is, I think he knew what he was doing with that. And I really feel like she's gone to the, like a crazy level. I think she is one of my favorite female wrestlers. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with her. I still think there's a lot to do with her. I still think there's going to be a four horsewoman, four horsewoman at some point. I hope so. Big, like at this point, I would guess that at some point this is going to have to, it should happen. You've got everyone there. You can bring Rhonda back for, a year two, I'm sure she'll come back. I think Jessamyn Duke though is doing more uh, stuff like uh, with 
Kofi and with uh, Xavier Woods with Up Up Down Down and getting her own uh, video game thing. She's into that more than even the wrestling side. Yeah, but for if you can, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's more into the video games, but you, you, she's still signed to the WWE, I believe. Yeah. So if WWE is like, look, this is the angle we really want four horsewomen, four horsewomen. I think it would be great entertainment. I think all eight of them could put on the show. I think all eight of them really want it to happen anyways. And I just think it would be, you could start building anytime after WrestleMania for it, for survivor series. Cause to me, it's gotta be at survivor series. Oh yeah. Elimination style. Yeah. Well, even SummerSlam, you're probably not going to have a full crowd yet. So your next biggest one after that is where it would fit in the best would be Survivor Series. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so looking at some of the other things, uh, looks like EC3 is signed uh, to stay with Ring of Honor. Um, the NXT UK titles, uh, tag team titles changed hands as pretty deadly ended up capturing the uh, titles from Gallus, who held them for well over a year. A lot of those belts uh, were held for a year. Uh, the Miz made history on Sunday by winning the uh, WWE title, becoming the first two-time Grand Slam winner in the modern era for the title. Uh, so that means he's had two U.S. titles, two Intercontinental titles, two WWE championships, and two uh, tag team titles. Uh, there's a couple people getting close to that, but he's the first to do uh, that. So for a guy who got crapped on for being a reality star from MTV, being a joke uh, hosting the Diva Search stuff, and getting kicked out of locker rooms, he's definitely made a lot for himself uh, and stayed longevity in WWE. I love the Miz character. He's what a heel used to be in the eighties. The one where you'd the fans would want to climb into the ring to beat him up because he was so arrogant. And he's improved from the time he first came into WWE till now. He's improved leaps and bounds. Is he ever? Is he Brian Danielson? No, he's not. He's not. In, he's not in that category. He's not going to be the greatest technical wrestler, but he's 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 good. Like I, I everyone shits on it, and I don't think it's as bad as everyone says. I I don't know. I just I feel like people don't like him just because. He's such a heel. Exactly. I was going to say the fact that people hate it so much means he's doing his job. It's like MJF uh, to a certain extent. People hate MJF because he's an arrogant prick and is doing his job to get you to hate him. Nick Bockwinkle did that when he was in the AWA and being the arrogant champion, and you wanted to see Bockwinkle lose. They, these guys are doing the exact same thing in just the modern era. Exactly. I I think I think it's perfect. I haven't liked what he was doing with John Morrison up recently. I thought it was too Jokey. gimmicky. 
yeah, too jokey. But I mean, he's not going to have a long run with this title. It's fine. It. I'm sure he'll hopefully get into less jokey stuff with John Morrison after this. So, well, my ultimate uh, dream of—I uh, think I've said it on this podcast before, especially now that they have Taya uh, there—is to bring in Taya and Maurice. And how the four of them be arrogant uh, socialites and go after all the tag team titles and stuff like that, gain them, start dissension. You could stretch out a year with this, where then the women spur lit up over jealousy and stuff like that, and the guys have to choose sides, and then eventually there's mixed tags. Like, there's so much to do with those four that could last a, at least a year, uh, especially yeah. with Burn. And the thing is, is if Maurice doesn't want to be around for long term, you bring Taya in. And the three of them, uh, Taya, Miz, and uh, Morrison, kind of do what you're doing. And then Maurice gets jealous, say, six months into it. And that still leads to mixed tags. Yep. I don't know how much Maurice really wants to do. I guess semi, I guess it's really not full time anymore. It would be one day a week. But I mean, if she doesn't, because I know they had what? They have two kids. Two kids, yeah. Young, younger. So even if she didn't, and she only wanted to do six months of that, you could set up the whole feud for the first six months with Taya, Miz, and Morrison and Maurice getting jealous. You could do the exact same thing, what you said. And I actually think it would be. Could even be more unique if Maurice isn't around until she gets too jealous. And then you have so many options. So uh, I'm really hoping. And if the other uh, way you get Maurice uh, going for the tag team titles uh, that she's never held, and she doesn't have to work half as much, but if you have Taya as your uh, partner. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I... I, I don't remember where Miz and Maurice live, if it's L.A., Phoenix, or somewhere out there. So I can see if she doesn't want to do a year program. But if she wants to let them set everything up and she comes in at the six-month mark and it's the last six months and it's leading into next year's WrestleMania, That'd be nice. you, have, you have so many options now. Yeah. Hey, we don't have any news on uh, Ryback. That's awesome. Uh, but Lars Sullivan, he wants to uh, still do something fighting-wise, and he's going to do bare-knuckle fighting. I don't know if he's going to get stage fright and shit himself and end up having to leave again. So Probably. I don't know, I don't know if his bare-knuckle fighting idea is going to end up uh, doing well for him. Um, also, WD announced that they are going to be partnering with A. A and E, I almost said AEW, with A and E, and doing eight biographies that are two hours long of uh, legends. So uh, not only does WWE do great biographies themselves, but teaming up with the guys who pioneered biography with A and E, those are going to be amazing shows to watch. I believe they're coming out in April, and uh, there's eight of those, and they're going to be, I believe, Sundays at 8 o'clock until 10, but then I think I saw that it's 10 weeks at 10 o'clock 
they're doing almost like an American Pickers type show with uh, Triple H and Stephanie looking for the lost memorabilia of uh, the wrestling world, which I'm pretty sure you can find uh, like Conrad Thompson's house or at least half the collection. And he knows where the other half is, but they're looking at things for Ric Flair's uh, Rogue, uh, different things uh, like Kane's original mask that somehow they don't have and they're out in the world and looking for them. So it'd be a nice history show meet, uh, wrestling meets American pickers. Well, they've supposedly, I think they were at Conrad Thompson's house for this show. I believe Jim Cornette's house for this show. Uh, the warehouse. Sorry. The warehouse. Mm-hmm. Because they got plenty of uh, stuff there. I forget who else. Another podcaster's house they were at. I don't know if it was Brian Lass, maybe. Because he's got a collection. There's a, quite a few. I'm interested to see this the treasure show. The biographies. I think they did some last year, too. Or two years ago, I feel like. And it was... They were good. I, I feel like... Last year, two years ago, they had <coughs> in and around April too that they had a few. I thought Austin or someone or That's Andre close. the Giant. I'd have. Uh, I just remember it being on Annie. Um, I'm interested because, like you said, WWE knows how to produce, and Annie really knows how to produce. So, and they're just on the network, I think, right? Or are they on A and E at the same time? They're going to be on A&E, I believe. I'm not sure if they're going to be on the network because the network is switching over to Peacock uh, next month, and there's a wonky transition there. But uh, WrestleMania is going to be exclusively on Peacock, so people in the States have to worry about that, not us here in Canada or uh, in the U.K. So we're and lucky. The, sorry, the Treasure Show, is that on the network then? No, that's going to be on A&E as well. Oh, I'm even more excited. So those are going to be on there. Uh, thinking just offhand, um, Disney Plus just uh, added a different subsection called Star uh, to their uh, programming, which is a little more adult entertainment-wise, and you have to set your uh, uh, preferences so your kids don't get on them uh, type deal. But uh, I saw somebody posted the uh, Ric Flair 30 for 30, that was done by ESPN a few years ago. That's actually available on uh, Disney Plus. So if anybody's looking for any of the thirty for thirties, I'm going to guess they're there. But definitely the Ric Flair one. Yeah, I, I would think that they're all there because ESPN is owned by Disney. So yeah, it would make sense. I I I don't know if you saw the thirty for thirty, but it was well done. Oh, I loved it. Uh, it was really good. I think I actually got my wife to watch it. Uh, she loves the biography parts. Uh, the final bit of news uh, before we uh, delve into our little project uh, that's starting next month. Uh, AEW announced yesterday that Dark, Evo uh, Dark Elevation is coming to YouTube on March 15th at 7 p.m. So that's going to be on their YouTube spot on Mondays at 7. And... They've been putting in women's title tournaments and stuff like that, but they're going to permanently put a show there on YouTube. It's going to be hosted by Tony Schiavone and the newly signed Paul White. The big show, 49 years old, has left WWE 
and has signed to become All Elite. Uh, he's going to wrestle, and he's also going to commentate. Uh, the only thing I can think of, other than the fact that he still thinks he's got some gas in his tank, is they probably also te uh, tease the whole factor of, hey, we got Shaq. You can yeah, have Shaq, too, because WWE didn't let you guys do it. Your thoughts on Big Show going to AEW? Uh, hold on. I, I'm getting a phone call. One second. Okay. So that we'll see him in just a moment. Uh, but, yeah, Big Show going to uh, – AEW it kind of uh, surprised me in a bit, but because we'd seen him on uh, January fourth, part of the Legends uh, night uh, that started off the year. But he last appearance on AEW and was the whole uh, berating and belittling by Randy Orton, and then sitting on the stage. Uh, he did the dark match of uh, WrestleMania and got shown on uh, Raw the next night. But, yeah, he's gone, just turned 49 years old, and is over in uh, AEW. So, your thoughts, Steven? Uh, when I thought, I was actually really surprised because, well, I really didn't expect uh, him to go to... Um, AEW, but then the more I was reading about this, the more I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be bad. And this is why. he They're going to put him in a match with Shaq. We, and it's going to be a shit show. He thinks he has some gas left in the tank. Cool. He probably does. He's in real phenomenal shape right now, but he can't be a full like he's not going to be a full time. Like he 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 loses the appeal, and my fear is he's going to come in, and I can see this now, and I'm going to end up. That will be the time I stop watching AEW, and I will never talk about it again. He's going to end up in the ring with Marco fucking Stunt. Yeah, there's a couple of gimmicks that are going to be uh, used with this. And they'll uh, do the Shaq thing, do the size thing. Uh, I don't want to see him in the ring uh, with certain people like Archer or even Luchasaurus because he's going to make them look tiny. But here's my fear. They're going to somehow set it up where Marco Stunt's going to end up in the ring with him. And, and that, will be the end. that will be the end when Marco Stunt, Big Show, or Paul Paul Wright has to take a Anything. fucking move from Marco Stunt and sell it. That will be the time when I come on this show and tell you I'm never fucking talking about AEW again. They are dead to me. <laughs> Do I think that he can actually make Archer and Luchasaurus better by coaching them 100%. Like, being one of their coaches, I think they call them. I think he needs to teach Luchasaurus and Hager and Wardlow their 
four or five big guys, powerhouse Hobbs, how to be a true big man. Because he was the last true big man in the sport, other than The Undertaker. Yep. So if he can teach them how to be a true big man in the in I think it's great. I have fears that Tony Khan's going it's gonna turn out to be a joke. He's gonna fucking have to take a move from Marco Stunt, and that will be the last time we ever talk about AEW with me. Well, there we go. So that is uh wrapping up our uh look at everything that's major uh, stuff, AEWWD and whatnot. I'm going to uh, just play our commercial so we can transition to the Ontario uh, Indie March Madness uh, details. So back in just a moment. If you want a variety of wrestling news and history, look no further than the Scumbags of Wrestling family of shows. On Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., join Sean, Stephen, and Jonesy as we look for the best of the best and break it all down in a unique tournament format on Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Then, Thursdays at noon, take a look back at the rich history of our great sport with This Week in History. Relive title changes, births, deaths, and some of the best events of all time. Finally, join us for the latest in wrestling news, show results, and predictions Thursday nights at 8 p.m. for the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. The Scumbags Wrestling can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram, along with our audio versions on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We're a proud part of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network and the Johnners Podcast Network. Okay, so we are back. And last week we did announce this. The Ontario Indie Wrestling March Madness Tournament is our third annual uh, tournament. The last two years have been just 32 wrestlers, uh, starting March 1st to April 1st, March 31st, voting. And uh, we, I'm hearing an echo, Stephen. There we go. That's better, I think. But uh, yeah, it, every day there's a vote, and we uh, get via 24 hours to vote. This year, thanks to uh, fan interaction on our Facebook page, we are up to 64 entrants. Uh, so this past Sunday, we did do the draw, and you'll see it this Sunday as a special edition of the show. But we also were able to reach out to the talent that are involved, let them know uh, who they're against, and we're getting a few promos to help promote the show and even their uh, draws. Even your thoughts on it? Uh, well, we spent, I don't even know, an hour, I feel like. And I'm looking at the bracket right here, and it's, it's stacked. Uh, I can think of a few first-round matches that you guys will find out about on Sunday that me and Sean's face hit the floor with that with matchups. And you're like that should be a that could be a finals match. So I am quite interested. Um, and There's some of these also, matches, some of these matchups that I end up uh, randomly drawing, I would love to book on a show. Yeah. There's also some of the guys that me and Sean may not guys and gals um, 
may not have known, and I've been doing a little bit more research about some of them, which is, that's what this is about. Some of these people that we've, especially since COVID, we haven't been able to see or don't know much about, it's kind of fun now to ask around and be like, so-and-so, where are they, like, so, and other friends in podcast world and um, wrestlers that we know, are more than willing to answer and be like, oh, they're from so-and-so and they're, um, so I'm excited. I, I'm looking at it here and I think you're going to post around 7 a.m. Your, yours and I'll be posting around noon yeah, every so day. You'll have a uh, two uh, votes to do, 7 and noon. I'm posting at 7 because it's the best time after I walk my dog and before I go to work and so I can remember uh, to do it. And uh, it's easier to close for me. Um, do you want to read off some of the names without giving away some of the matchups? Just randomly say some names that are in this tournament. Uh, we've got Violet Lee, Shane Saber, Casey Spinelli, Rosemary, Allison Kay, Warhead, Pretty Ricky, uh, Josh Alexander, Tyson Dukes, Daniel Garcia, Psycho Mike. The Muscle, Von Vertigo, Frankie TM, Carter Mason, Michael Grayson, Rodney Matthews, Puff, Mark Wheeler, Idris Abraham, Jody Threat, Jim Strider, Matt Cash, Jordan James, Jay Loon, Kyle Boone, uh, The Hacker, Scotty O'Shea. Brent Banks, Beautiful B, Cody Diener, John Greed, Kevin Blackwood, Shiloh, Travis Moore, uh, The Muscle, uh, Alec Realm, Scumbag yeah. Yates. So there's a good uh, mixture of their, like you said, 64 entrants. Uh, some of them are uh, newer to the scene. Uh, students, and then there's some veterans like uh, Scotty O'Shea, uh, Sebastian Suave, John Greed. Like it's all over the place. They're from Southern Ontario, Northern Ontario, uh, Ottawa area, Toronto. We tried to expand as much as possible to uh, include everybody, and this is our way of having fans interact. This is our way of having talent interact with each other, potentially. This is not an initially meant to be a promo tournament, but if the talent and the fans make it so, hey, we're going to go along with the flow and just have some fun because it's been a long year. March was supposed to be full of a lot of events, and then March 13th happened and it got shut down. And that was before Smash and Midwestern Wrestling. I know I was supposed to go to some of their shows and uh, expand our podcast and stuff like that with them. But it's been a long year. Let's have some fun. March 1st, tune into our uh, Facebook page and vote daily to determine who's the best in Ontario today. Yeah, and we'll be, like I said, Sean's putting up about 7 a.m. I'll put up uh, my poll about noon, um, twice daily until we get down to where it goes closer to the finals. And I think we're going to recap uh, the week's events every week um, on this show. 
Yeah, so every week we'll uh, do an update uh, near the end and uh, and encourage you to continue voting. Maybe we'll uh, be able to do more promos and uh, yeah, just enjoy. Uh, another thing that I wanted to point out, uh, including Ontario uh, Wrestling, was that I saw that Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment posted about Battlezone and not much else. There was a uh, promo from uh, Bianca Corelli, and she's uh, flashing her title around and you know challenging any of the women of uh, Ontario to try and take it from her. But beyond that, there wasn't much information. So I reached out to AC Token, who's the new owner of Battle Arts Academy and part of uh, the ownership of Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment, just to find out what it's about. And he said, uh, Battlezone will be the product of uh, GTA Wrestling with the merge of Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment acquisition of Battle Arts. Uh, here from the Don Coswell uh, Arena. Also, you never know who will show up with a mix of talent on both sides. And that's all he can reveal at the moment. And so I said, great. We're going to try and be a source of news and uh, communication for them and an outlet for you guys to try and uh, do so. I offered a spot uh, when it's possible to do that. And I'd really appreciate it if you uh, also asked for me to mention that Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment will be on Kojiko sometime in March with a different show, as well as introducing Anthony Corelli as their new partner. So they bought Battle Arts from Anthony, but he's invested back into Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment. So congratulations on that big news. Uh, that way, he's uh, kind of uh, gotten out of the spotlight and moved up to the uh, uh, Owen Sound, Wyerton, Virgin Bay area to retire and relax. He's still doing uh, the Sportsnet uh, uh, Aftermath online with Jim Corderas, but he's also now a part uh a partner with Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment. So some big news uh, from them uh, involving Battlezone and going on Kojiko and the partnership there. So congratulations to them. And we hope to uh, have more outlets. Any of the uh, promoters in Ontario would like to have an outlet to share news. We are going to be here for that. And I do plan on uh, bringing back the Ontario Indie Road Trip. There will be a calendar for uh, events in Ontario news and results and uh, maybe some interviews once things get back to normal. Or at least oh, I, again. I can't wait for things to get back to normal. I think the Ontario Indie Road Trip is going to be fun because I'll be doing my own GTA road trip around for shows with getting results and hopefully getting some interviews and making my way down to uh, Battle Arts because um, Anthony Crowley still owns some of Battle Arts, I think. The three of them are all partners. They're all partners now, so. I, I, I think the three of them are all partners in this new venture, which is great. I'm looking forward to getting back to seeing shows and being able to zip around the GTA um, to see shows and invite Sean up to the GTA. We're, yep. we're not we're, we're not we're not going there right now because no. 
I, so I, I meant to, yeah, I'm, thank you for everything. I, I'm going to uh, contact you separately uh, for this. Uh, yeah, thank you. Because uh, we talked about some stuff after, off air. Um, uh, yeah, off a bit. My apologies. I have something to promote. Yes, if you want to promote something. Uh, so Sluggin' with Steven featuring uh, this week with Scumbag Yates. I didn't know much about Scumbag until I reached out to him, started doing a lot of research. He's actually quite an interesting uh, gentleman. Um, uh, it's a fun read. It's on uh, cwonline.ca. It's quite a interesting um, read. Uh, next week, well, offline, I already told Sean, for the next nine or 10 weeks of all the guys and gals I've got coming up. Um, make sure everyone checks that out. Again, that's Sluggin' with Stephen O'Neill featuring um, this week at Scumbag Yates. It's at cwnonline.ca. Um, it's definitely a fun uh, read. Have you read this one yet, Sean? I know you like reading these. Uh, not yet. I, I've been busy trying to do the uh, Ontario Indie thing. But it's a good read. It's a fun one. This one's fun. Um, I've got a lot of really, everyone I've had has been great. And I thank all the talent um, who have done it in the past and the ones who are coming up. Uh, I do really appreciate it. Let me have my passion for pro wrestling. Um, so please check it out again. It's Sluggin uh, with Stephen O'Neill featuring. Uh, it's at cwnonline.ca. Um I feel like this is a wrap, Sean. How about... Um, yeah, well, I got a couple more things that we can do. I'm just... Uh, we might have something going on. Uh, we'll see. In just a moment. But uh, I do want to announce this week that we are now a part of Pro Wrestling Tees. And uh, so over the next little bit, we're going to be transitioning some of our product over to Pro Wrestling Tees, including the Ontario Indie uh, comic book cover, uh, which we were doing as a fundraiser for Stevens Wrestling Journey. And uh, yeah, so those will be available there for ordering. And uh, also we'll uh, put up the original Scumbags uh, t-shirt uh, design which is up in the uh, upper right hand corner of your screen and of course the backdrop the uh, podcast logo so those ones are uh, definitely going to uh, go up and I'm just trying to answer questions um, yeah uh, one other thing that's coming up is I'm sorry Live news, uh, things uh, popping up all over the place. So we're going to be doing our own uh, uh, predictions league starting... Uh, in time for WrestleMania, we did stuff uh, during uh, Summer Royal Rumble, and uh, 
We definitely want to continue. It was highly successful, and we got something coming in the mail that I will wait and show next week. So more details on that are coming as we go along. You like, you like to surprise me every week with something new. I do. Right now, I'm having fun. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to do a DM. Uh, do you want to talk about some of uh, your slugging with Steven uh, podcast stuff? Yeah, so Slug with Steven. Uh, I just lost Steven. I'm not sure what happened here. Uh, so, yeah, where you got some interesting stuff going on. I uh, got DMs coming uh, over here. Just want to make sure that we are uh being honest with everything going on there's some news that uh, is broken in uh ontario scene uh a bit so i just want to uh answer uh this email but i don't want to end up losing us online yet so steven do you want to continue yeah sorry i hit the wrong button and then i end up going bye-byes uh so uh Slugma Steven is something, if especially our new UK viewers wouldn't know about me, I'm a huge Jim Cornette fan, huge. Um, so the name Slugma Steven is obviously a play on the Louisville Slugger. Um, that's uh, something that I'm, I loved his weekly. Um, I'm drawing blank. His weekly uh, interview segment. So I started doing this, I want to say eight weeks. Uh, March 19th of 2020 was my first one. So we're a little over a month in. Um, I've had, so far it's only been guys, but I had to have some lady wrestlers coming. I've had Anthony Kingdom James, Jim Strider, Von Vertigo, the endorsement Sebastian Suave. Holden Albright. This week was Scumbag Yates. Dropped every Tuesday at uh, 6 p.m. on cwnonline.ca. Um, and I did it a little differently than a podcast. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, don't necessarily have a lot of extra time to do more podcasting uh, for videos. And I know, like myself, I have a full-time job. A lot of the talent have full-time jobs. On top of this, so I did a 10 questions. Um, they're more unique questions than um, your standard, uh, how did you get started questions. Uh, Sean looks like he's ready to pull his hair out. Yeah, um, sorry. I'm just trying to, yeah. I, I, I know, I know. Uh, so, Try. Uh, I want to do something different, um, and that's when the opportunity presented from Chris Maloney, who was on, um, who was with us on TNT. He has his uh, weekly show Friday at three o'clock on CWN Online. Um, so it kind of worked where I've I've had a little bit more time, free time because the world shut down basically right now. So once, 
um, the world opens back up. Probably still, I'll be doing this uh, slug and feet uh, with Stephen O'Neill featuring someone, but I'll also be doing a lot more um, results in it from shows in and around the GTA. Um, there'll be some probably crossovers between CWN and scumbags for my interviews because when I'm actually able to be out and doing interviews, um, it'll be a little more entertaining. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I really enjoy doing it. I've got, like I said, I've got, I think the next 10 weeks lined up with already filled out uh, and returned um, interviews. I just have to go through and format some of them and get them posted to the uh, for them to be finalized and put up over the next ten weeks. Um, are you okay, Sean? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm just trying to find that uh, DM address and hopefully we get the. I'm trying to make a message. Uh, I've also posted in uh, their talk, so we'll see what happens in just a moment. Um, yeah, WrestleMania is coming up April uh, 10th and 11th. Uh, we already have uh, one match uh, that is happening with Roman and uh, Edge. So what else do you think is going to happen at WrestleMania? Uh, well, we know it's going to be split over two nights. So we know Edge and um, Reigns on probably night, I'm guessing, two. Um, sorry, me and Sean are talking separately on a separate conversation, just... So me and him are on the same page on what's going on, what he's doing. Um, you know, you're going to have the women. Each night's going to have a women's world title match. You're going to probably have, well, you'll have your Intercontinental in the U.S. US title on each night. Um, I, who else? Well, you're going to have your women. I'm assuming you're going to have your women's world tag team title match match on one of the nights. Um, yeah, uh, they'll be splitting up probably the two world titles. I would imagine uh, the uh, WD championship being on the first night with the second night ending with uh, Roman and uh, Edge. Well, you're going uh, your, to have your women's titles split and you'll have your mid-card title split on one on each night, too, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, that would be my guess. Um, you know what? I'm not sure what's going on. Um, we did have somebody making comments uh, that wanted to possibly be on, and I'm not sure. Now that you uh, wondered if it was uh, legit or not, uh, I hope it's legit. If uh, that person wants to uh, join us, I think we can do a separate uh, talk and uh, let that uh, come up. Uh, we'll we'll go live if we need to. And uh, yeah, I'm going to yes. do 
I'm willing to let, do let's, let, let's pull the curtain back a little bit. Me and Sean usually talk before we go live and after we go live, just chit-chatting. So if we have to go live again, we'll post it. It'll be some breaking news if uh, this is legit. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to go to that realm, but I don't want to talk anymore about that. So yeah, I do want to thank everybody for being a part of episode 143. Uh, definitely vote on the Ontario uh, Indie uh, March Madness tournament that we're going to start on March 1st. And uh, look out for our store opening on Pro Wrestling Tees and, of course, the uh, Prediction League coming up. So until next time, have a good one.